So I've got a question for this morning. What if all this God stuff is true? What if all this God stuff is true? Yeah, and I, I'm an intellectual believer. Uh, I believe there is logical justification for a belief in God and a rational basis for faith that Jesus is who he claimed to be, which is somehow the very creator of everything born into human form. With my mind, I know this to be true. So why do I so often live and make choices that reflect a different belief? How come so often people could look at the things that I do and say, that guy doesn't believe any of that? Uh, for example, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And I'm going to hop us around just a little bit in here. Philippians, Galatians, Ephesians, you know, they're in the New Testament. That's a hint if you don't have a Bible out that you could be following along. <clears throat> Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 say this. They say, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Which is great. But it's not really me, is it? I'm, I, I, I preach this, and I really do try to live this out when I think about it. But when I'm confronted by a, a concern or a, a fear or something like that, my first thought is usually anything but peaceful. I'm, I'm a worrier. I, I get stressed out about stuff. I get hung up. Oh, that's going to not work out the way that I planned. I let worry gnaw at my soul like rats chewing on a piece of meat. Apparently, even though I know from my head knowledge and from my own past experiences that this little formula of prayer and thankfulness really does bring me great peace, I don't always do it. Why not? Why wouldn't I? Let's, go, let's take out this uh, Matthew chapter 7, little saying of Jesus You've heard of Jesus, right? Big teacher in the first century. Someone who I claim to listen to all the time. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 says, uh, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Based on the evidence in my life, I would say that what I want others to do to me is to give a sarcastic response, ignore my requests until the last possible moment. Well, they work on other things. You know what? We don't need this. And the prophets. If you looked at my life, you'd think that that would mean that I 
want others to be sarcastic or to ignore my requests until the last minute or uh, you know wish that I was somewhere else or someone else so that I wouldn't be so much work to deal with. At least I think that's how some people feel that I deal with them. Uh, and in a lot of cases that might be true and if you are one of those people I apologize because this is really what I want to be doing. My experience has always been that if I treat others with love and respect, no matter whom or what they are, it's always better overall and it's better for me. And I know, I know that this is what God tells me he wants me to do. So why don't I do it? One more, because I'm collecting the punishment. Matthew chapter 5. Turn backwards one page. Those of you following along. Verses 21 and 22. Jesus says, You've heard that our ancestors were told, You must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, If you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Now, at the time that Jesus is teaching, people had convinced themselves that as long as they didn't kill someone's body, it was okay to hate them and kill them, you know, mentally. <laughs> kill them with your opinions. Jesus says that spiritual murder can be the same thing as physical murder. And you know what? I agree with that. I agree with that because I see that. I see that all around me. I see people committing spiritual murder, and I see the results of that. In spite of seeing the evidence in my everyday life, I know that I am surrounded by idiots. Okay, not just now. <laughs> I've never thought that about anyone here. And I'm sure none of you have ever thought that about me. <laughs> Funny thing is, though, God says I am not. God says I'm not surrounded by idiots. He says I am surrounded by his beloved children. Even though some of those children make choices or decisions that I don't understand or agree with, that doesn't mean they're not still God's beloved children. Even when they cut me off the track. <laughs> A little further down the passage, Jesus says this, verse 47, says, If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even the pagans do that. He's calling people who believe in him, who believe in God, to live to a higher standard. That It's that standard set by the Creator when he built us, and lived out by Jesus, so that we can see that it's possible for a human being to do so why don't I just do that? I started with this question. What if all this God stuff is true? Because even though my head knowledge and my personal experiences tell me it's true, I don't always live like it. it's true. If I told you that I believe with all my heart that we must always use the crosswalk when we're going across the street, but you never saw me do anything but jaywalk, would you think that I really believe we must use the crosswalk? No. 
Do I actually think that it's true we must use the crosswalk if I never use the crosswalk? I don't live up to the standards that I claim to be true and necessary. Do I really believe them to be true and necessary? But there's this. What if I sometimes use the crosswalk because I'm learning that it's true that I should? What if maybe there one time I just narrowly got missed by a truck as I was jaywalking and I thought, oh, man, if that can happen, I better cross over here. And maybe, you know, I don't do it every time, but maybe I try to remember, oh, yeah, I don't want to get hit by that truck. You know, you don't almost get hit by a truck every time you jaywalk. So, you know, I don't always remember, oh, I should go up there. Sometimes I still do it the wrong way. It takes me a while to learn that the rewards of crossing at the corner outweigh the risks you do. All right, I'm sensing that I've beat this analogy. <laughs> what if all this God stuff is true and it's not some switch that you turn on or off depending on my behavior? What if it's really more like dancing than crossing the street? Has everyone here danced with someone at least once in their life? Is there anyone who hasn't danced with someone at least once in their life? Because we should play some music. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you're trying to dance with someone who's doing a different dance than you? It doesn't work, does it? You get collisions, you get smashed feet, or you get something worse. Right? 
I just need to remind myself of that instead of indulging in anger or selfishness, which are often the first two things to raise up when someone confronts you with something. What I need to do is work on my routines. Now, at the beginning of the year, all feels like a clean slate, doesn't it? Okay, that's a silly saying these days. Has anyone here ever actually used a slate? How many people here actually know what a slate is? Yeah, there's a little miniature version of a chalkboard that was actually a piece of slate that was cut out. Yeah, we don't use those anymore. Uh, the beginning of the new year always feels like a whiteboard. There we go. It's been washed clean. Somehow there's this thing where this clock ticks from 11, 59, 59 to midnight, and at that moment our attitudes about what's about to happen change. We wake up with this host of ways that we hope, oh, I'm going to renew myself this year. I'm going to uh, live my life differently this way or that way. And it's all because it's New Year's Day. Very exciting, right? So if this God stuff is all true, but it's something like a dance that needs to be practiced in order to be smooth moves instead of starts and fits and face plunges in the crowd, then today could actually be the first day of learning a new routine, right? I think it's time to meet our dance partner. Turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. This is our dance partner, God's Spirit. The challenge for us is learning to follow his lead. And the next couple of verses talk about the conflict we both try to lead. And uh, they're not on I'll let you read those for yourself if you want. So if you skip ahead to verse 19, though, we're going to see what happens when we try to dance by ourselves. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. i got to tell you, the Greek for that actually comes out riots. And other sins like these. Let me tell you again. As I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Every one of those things up there is an expression of selfishness. And where our translation says anyone living that sort of life will not inherit God's kingdom, uh, in the Greek, a little more literally says anyone who practices these kinds of things will not participate in the inheritance God has for his people. Anyone who practices, anyone who makes these things part of their routine will not receive what God has for them. That's because if you ignore your dance partner, they're not likely to invite you out for dinner. Right? However, let's look at the next couple of verses, 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit, our dance partner, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
law against these things. I'm sorry, you're going to have to stop being joyful. It's a no-joy zone. Not going to find that. No. When we follow the Spirit's leading, these are the moves we're going to find ourselves sweeping through. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are our dance moves. If we do them to a country beat, we can find ourselves two-stepping into the do si -do of love. Can I get a yee-haw? Alright, I know, it's corny, but I, I couldn't have gone with the hype of gentleness or the running man of self-control. Those were just Oh. I will not be doing a running man of self-control for you, I'm sorry. Alright, the point, which I may have completely buried in my effort to explain it, is this. If this God stuff is true, and I believe that it is, then I need to practice the things that lead to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, instead of the things that lead to selfishness and self-indulgence. And that means I need to follow my dance partner's lead. Uh, in the passage from Ephesians 2 that I had Becky read for us this morning, uh, we saw this. God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Now, if that's true, if that's true, if God through Christ gave us back the lives that we had squandered on selfish things, then we're starting our lives with our old clean whiteboard this morning. What does that mean? So think about this for a moment. In fact, close your eyes. There's always a risk of doing that in church. Take deep breath. If the past was completely cleared away, and you only had this moment forward to live in, what is one thing that would be different for you in the coming year? What's one change that you could make to how you live from now on. What's that one dance move in particular that you want to work on perfecting? And you probably don't need to think too hard. In fact, you can probably all open your eyes and look at me before I start being self-conscious and sleeping on this. <laughs> Odds are, when that question got asked, what's the one thing I want to change? What's the one thing I wish the past wasn't tying me to? I bet each and every one of you had something pop right into your head. Because most of us do. One thing that you wish for, but aren't sure how to start or do. Now, back when I was in mine, I, I feel slightly ashamed every time I did that. Back when I was in mine, alright, not really. We trained in a dance studio, that's part of a team. Uh, there were between five and ten people on the team, depending on the location we were traveling to. Uh, we practiced in this dance studio, had a giant mirror that ran all along one wall. And when you were rehearsing your routines, you could watch, 
stood around and actually critiqued you. Because if you're focusing on what you're seeing on the mirror, like that I just reached through an invisible wall, if you're focusing on what you see in the mirror, you're not actually able to watch your positions. So if you had other people who would stand around and not let you look at the mirror, they would, they would correct you. It made things a lot easier. We worked together, we ended up with much better routines than we did if we were working solo. Y'all with me on this? The church in general, and our church in particular, is supposed to be like that mind team. We are supposed to be here to help each other, encourage each other, and build each other up to doing good routines. That sounds involved. It is. here a chance to participate as a body this morning. Alright, you don't have to do mine. I promise. However, if you have that one thing that you're thinking about working on this year, and you've heard three of mine, <coughs> sorry, uh, if you've got that one thing you are planning on working on, that you would like your team to encourage you as you go along to help you learn how to get into a routine, not judge you and yell at you when you step out of line, but to help you do it right, not be angry if you're doing it wrong. You've got that one thing, and you are willing to share it with us. I would love to hear it before we go to our time of prayer. Is there anyone that has something that they'd like to work on this year that they'd like to share? 